Monday. The clouds are out here in the Valley of the Sun. I know it's Monday. It's always the worst day of the week. You're putting out the fires. Speaking of fires, our website is uh, not down. You just can't get on it. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty much down. It it's, should be sweeping across the globe as we speak. Uh, and and be back into working order. Um, I would tell you what happened, but I don't know. So it's it's not. I didn't do it. Ramon didn't do it. I'm not sure who did it. Uh, matter of fact, I'm not even sure we did anything. Uh, but but if you go out to allamericangold.com and you can't get on, wait an hour. This is what I'm told. I don't actually believe it because I don't understand how all that stuff works. Uh, but within uh, by the end of the show, allegedly, uh, everything should be back to normal. If not, it'll get there. Uh, I'm Joe Jaquin, by the way, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Listen, I told you, you're going to call. I know you don't want to. <laughs> right? I know, right? We We don't want to. Right? We want to. We want to believe that the good times are going to be back. It's all going to be great, and deficits don't matter, and paying for nothing doesn't matter. Why pay for anything, right? It's all going to be great. Uh, just ask everybody. They'll tell you uh, that's probably not the reality. As the Trump administration, we, we've got a new budget to talk about, not the one that just got passed, where they just said, hey, spend – Spend, 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 and we'll get to it. So a new budget for uh, the after 2019. We'll talk about that. Uh, infrastructure plans were in there. Uh, and, again, I'll just give you the the, the pressure here. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Well, it could. I shouldn't say that. It won't. It could. Uh, it's just going to cost a whole lot of money. I don't know where uh, it's all going to come from. Uh, the Dow uh, recovered. And I should recovered. We bounced off uh, the lows there on Friday, finished up uh, close to 300 points. It's up 200 points today. Uh, um, not sure how long the, the, I guess, the bounce back's going to last. So here's, here's what, we're, what I think we're going to see. Lower highs and lower lows for all of the debt markets. As the debt gets repriced, and really when they talk about interest rates and 10-year notes and bond markets and all that, all those are really saying is, is, hey, listen, we've been lying about what the real price of debt is for about 10 years now. <laughs> and any small, small, minute glimmer of reality is almost too much to bear. Because really, if you think about it, a 10-year note under 3%, and it's still causing heartache out there. Uh, we'll, we'll, so we'll see about that. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, gold market, gold's up a dozen, 13.25. Silver's up, uh, what, 34, 30, let's call it 35 cents. Uh, just staring right at $16.50. And, uh, and I said it last week, the, the bottoms are in on both of those markets. Oil's getting a little bit of a bounce back. Uh, but I'm not buying uh, $60.03 right now. The problem is there's oil everywhere. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, 
that'll keep the price contained, but we'll have to have to kind of wait and see what happens on that front uh, as, as we kind of try to think about what is next now. Okay, so we we kind of it kind of has that feeling that okay the the ninety or well, I don't even know how many records it was. Uh, it felt like it was a record every day talking about the equity markets uh, that that's over. So so now we're going to to be in a different mindset where instead of record highs every day, uh, we'll probably be talking more about lows uh, than we will about the highs. And all these big guys are all coming out now and and trying to to tell you it's different now. No more buying the dip. Now you you sell the sell the rallies instead of buying the dips and and who knows. And again, it really doesn't matter. And what I mean by that is when you really just take a second. And really, okay, a second. Got to probably take 30 seconds. Step back and look what they really did. First, they went over a decade where they just lied about what the price of debt should be. On purpose, right? That was one of the tools in the toolkit. Hey, I've got a great tool. Let's just misrepresent what the price of debt should be, and then we'll tell everybody that we fixed it. It's brilliant. When you think about, and not only did they misprice the debt, they bought trillions of it. And who's they? We're talking about the central bankers, right? And I go back. I know to that old piece of paper called the Constitution. See, our founding fathers, they were really, they were smart guys, but they weren't, you know, it's like me. I sit there, and how can I know all of this stuff, and yet Janet Yellen or Ben Bernanke or Alan Greenspan or any of these other central bankers seemingly can never see anything. Yet they're better educated, they're the smartest people going, and they can't see anything. I think our founding fathers had that common sense gene. You know what I'm saying? I say it all the time. The smartest people I know always have the least amount of common sense, don't they? Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is the toll-free number. Anybody you bought last week, congratulations. That's how you get it done. Talking about our founding fathers, the good old common sense. They they knew. See, you can't put the bankers in charge because the bankers always want to double down on themselves. and this is what you end up with. So we have no real authority, right? And 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 think about, you know, first, you know, Ron Paul, right? We want to at least audit the Federal Reserve. Okay, we want to know where the bodies are buried. What are you buying? Who are you buying it from? Why? You know, stuff like that. And, of course, they operate with full time. Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. They don't want to be, quote, unquote, influenced. 
because they really only have – and it's so funny. And, and we, we say that the Federal Reserve and all of these – the people on the idiot box repeat it all the time. Like, oh, the Fed has a dual mandate. By the way, neither one of those mandates is really what they care about. Right? The dual mandates of full employment and a stable dollar. Those are the alleged dual mandates. And as all of us very well know, none of those things really matters to them. They pretend. Right? All they care about are the debt markets. And when the debt markets blew up, because that's what happened. And I know we don't want – let's not talk about it. Right? Let's, let's pretend – it never happened. Right? We got the Dow to go almost to 27,000 right? to try to convince you that it didn't happen. None of these companies were going to survive. None of them. Not Goldman, not J.P. Morgan, not B of A, definitely not Wells Fargo. They were all going to go under. Why? Because they had horrible lending policies. Right? And you go back and you think about the no doc loans and you think about all the all the money that they lent to all of these zombie corporations out there and all in trying to to make it hey no, this is this is sound decision making. Like I said, the smartest guy's in the room. I know. Let's go with no-doc loans and, and liar loans. And as long as you're breathing, here's a house. Here's five, ten. And in a normal world, they would have went under. And something better would have emerged from the ashes. And, of course, the biggest problem of why, when, why I say none of them were going to make it it's because because they made them all so big. They they were if one went, they all went. It was like dominoes, right? They didn't fix that. If you would have thought, okay, fine, you want to bail it out, you want to misrepresent debt, right? Because that's how they bailed them out by mispricing the debt, and then of course buying the central banks, all the central banks of the world, they bought about sixteen trillion dollars worth. You know, we bought about four. We we took about 25% of that. And really, when you think about it, you would have thought at least what they would have done is made these things a whole lot smaller. That way, if one of them blew up later, in other words, okay, we probably should have expelled you from school, Johnny. But... Instead, we're just going to give you detention and and an in-school suspension and, and don't do it again, right? This is your last warning, final warning, whatever it may be. We didn't do any of that. Said they went the other way. Made them all even bigger. Blew even more debt. Because you got to understand, why did the Federal Reserve take rates to zero? Have you ever asked yourself that? What was the objective? See, the old, the old school thinking 
used to be you take the Fed funds rate, which would be somewhere between 5 and 8%, and really in a normal, in normal market, somewhere between 6 to 8% Fed funds rate. When things started to get a little dicey, they cut interest rates. And they would go to somewhere between 4 and 6%. Right? And the story was, by lowering the rates, we would entice businesses and people to spend more, well, not spend, borrow more money. Right? Hey, we just made that monthly car payment cost less. Right? Hey, go ahead and rack up that credit card because the minimum payment is going to cost less. So add another couple grand on the card, and your payment's going to be about the same as it was. The businesses, go ahead and, and increase that, that line of credit. And really, for businesses, refinance, right? Hey, refinance those lines. Refinance that debt. If you had a mortgage, right? Hey, refinance, re- refinance, lower those monthly payments. Forget about how we're going to start the 30 years back over again, but refinance, right? Stimulation. Pull forward sales that were going to happen later, right? And get better economic growth. But that's not what happened. Right? What happened is we had to go all the way to zero. Zero. And then we left it there. Not for one or two or three or four, ten years. Now, for ten years, not we didn't misprice debt by a little bit. We didn't go from 8% to 6% or 8% to 4%. Right? We went all the way to nada. This was their great, brilliant plan. Right? These super smart people that they've always they've ever done is gone to school. And when they were done with their school, they became professors. And then they taught other people, hey, this is how, you know, this is how it's going to work from a totally textbook-type environment. We don't really know what's going to happen because we have no real-life experience. But it sure sounds good. This economic theory sure sounds good, right? We got tools in the toolkit, right? And, and, oh, it's a problem with the plumbing. It's like, like there's a plumber. Let's call the plumber, right? And she's going to show the butt crack and all that stuff and get the wrenches. Get the snake in there in the drain. Clean it all out and it's all going to be fixed. It's not what happened. It's not what they did. They manipulated the most important market in the world. The market where all of this you know, when I say all, all the equity prices, all the bond markets, our country's sovereignty, right? it's all at risk. All of it. 
Right now they're sitting there and they're saying, "Oh well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna sell some of these roll some of this debt that we bought. We're gonna roll it off our books. <laughs> we're gonna start to quote unquote normalize rates now because it's all fixed, right? And, and what got fixed? Have you really asked yourself what did they fix? All those people that lost their homes still lost them. Right? Everyone had to start over. We've got debt at all-time record highs, and I don't care what kind. Corporate debt, personal debt, government debt, city debt, pension debt, da-da-da, blah-blah-blah, debt, 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 debt. And now they think they're just going to reprice it and that nothing bad is going to happen. Right? And, of course, anybody with any common sense is going to say, wait a minute. Right? You, you pulled the string all the way over here and stretched it out and put all this tension and stress on it for a decade. Gee, I wonder what happens when you start to let go. Right? Think about it if you, if you like, had a bow, right? a bow in an arrow. You pulled that bow back. Right, you start to let go. That thing goes what? Boom. Doesn't go back gently. Right, that's what they're trying to do. Right, and we're just going to walk it back a little bit. It's going to be okay. And now you have a situation where the rest of the world is going timeout. Wait, you're going to do what? <laughs> right, the Chinese are like, wait, 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 you're doing what? The Russians are like, you think they're going to do that? And all of a sudden, we're having all of these auctions, and they're not buying. And the reason they're not buying is because they're like, hey, this thing's going to go flying back the other way, and we're going to lose our butts. Think about every auction last week, every one of them. Bid-to-cover ratios were at levels we hadn't seen in years. But that meant, hey, we're, not, we're, we're just not that interested. And now we've got the central bank saying, hey, we're, we're not rolling over debt, adding to that. Then we get the budget deficit that came out from the Trump administration. We're going to add hundreds of billions of dollars of debt that we need to sell at the same time that we've got trillions and trillions of it rolling off at the same time, less and less people saying, I want to buy some. And of course, this makes total sense. Why would you buy something if you think a year from now it's going to be a loser? I can tell you right now, they're going to be losing not just a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now. They're going to be losers. The quote-unquote normal market, right? remember, normal, six, seven percent. Uh, you know what? I'll, even, I'll give a little. Five to eight percent on a Fed funds rate. That's normal. So if we went to zero. When you come flying back the other way, you're going to go right past the normal right? and keep on going again out to the other side. 
I wish it would stop at five, six, seven, or eight. I don't think it's going to. And now all of these markets have to reprice what the real value is. And remember, I, you, they would say that all the time on the idiot box. Well, stocks are justified at this price because of the low interest rate. And you got all of these people believing that you actually fixed something when really all as you did was lied about it, misrepresented what the real facts were. That's what these tools in their toolkit are. Right? They're nothing more than manipulation. They have no reality to it, and then they hope that, well, you know, we'll slowly get back to the to reality a little later. And somehow, some way, nothing bad's going to happen. Patriot Radio News Hour. We're gonna talk about the new Trump budget when we get back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. When President Trump announced his decision to wind down DACA, which protects illegal aliens who came to America before their 18th birthday, Democratic leaders were secretly pleased. They thought DACA gave them a way to defeat the president and compel him to cave in on the issue in order to avert a government shutdown just before Christmas. The Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, DACA, was created by a stroke of President Barack Obama's pen in 2012, even after Obama said 22 times that he lacked the power to do it. DACA provided a two-year work permit with a valid Social Security number to around 800,000 illegal aliens, a number that has since dropped through attrition to about 690,000. Well, no one denies that Trump has the power to rescind an executive order by his predecessor, but many were misled by polls showing that DACA is a popular program. Depending on how the question is asked, Polls show many Americans sympathize with the plight of young people who were supposedly brought here through no fault of their own. But the real poll is on Election Day, and Donald Trump was elected president primarily because of his commitment to control our borders and reduce immigration. If Trump could be controlled by the media on his signature issue, it would undermine his presidency and make it much easier for Democrats to defeat the rest of the Trump agenda. Thinking they had Trump on the defensive, Democrats laid plans to expand DACA from a two-year work permit for 700,000 people all the way to permanent residency for some 4 million illegal residents. Democrats felt so confident that they would win on the DACA issue that they started posturing already for how to expand its amnesty to include many millions. For more than 50 years, America's immigration policy has been set by an unholy alliance between liberal Republicans, who seek to please their donors with access to cheap labor, and Democrats in search of more votes for their progressive agenda. Under the Trump administration, that corrupt bargain is finally coming to an end. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As President Trump fulfills his campaign promises, his accomplishments on trade, immigration, the economy, and protecting the unborn should be celebrated, not ignored or diminished. To track these victories, go to phyllisschlafly.com and find out what's next for the Trump presidency at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. I apologize uh, for the website. Again, I'm not sure what the issue. I'm told that it's supposed to be up within the next half hour, and depending on where you live, it may already be working. Uh, I just checked; still not working here, but uh, it should be back up by today. Ramon uh, wanted me to let you all know, no matter what. Our podcast is going to be out on all the normal channels. It'll be out on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and and I, I forget the new company that we're using for the uh, podcast and all that. All that stuff will be up as normal, and I'm sure here in the next little bit the website will be back in action as well. Uh, what the big news today is Donald Trump uh, was supposed to announce the – infrastructure initiative. So while they did add more money to infrastructure, not nearly what they asked for, the the president uh, is looking for even more money. Uh, here's what he's proposing after 2019. No move whatsoever on Social Security and Medicare. So those programs will continue uh, to go into debt. Right, because already now we do not collect enough in payroll taxes to cover Social Security and Medicare. A promise that he campaigned on. He is trying to reduce Medicaid uh, to the tune of $237 billion over 10 years. So this will be a, a 10 year number, uh, $237 billion. Uh, he's calling for budget cuts of $1.7 trillion. Again, that's a 10-year number. So here's the first cut. So we just passed a whole bunch of spend, spend, spend. Uh, cuts to mandatory spending and a 2% yearly reduction in non-defense discretionary budget after 2019. So my guess is, hey, let's cut everything that isn't defense by 2% uh, for starting in 2019. I don't see that happening because there's really not that much. You know, when you if you don't touch Social Security and Medicare and you don't touch defense, right, if we know about the interest on the debt and what that's doing, you're already way over $3 trillion. Uh, but that is at least what's on the table. So uh, not a lot of specifics, but the and the 2% cut to non-defense domestic spending beginning after 2019. He wants defense spending... Uh, to continue to rise to $716 billion. 
Uh, $18 billion for the wall. A bunch more money for the opiate epidemic as well. Uh, and then he's got a very interesting proposal on infrastructure where the government's only going to spend uh, $200 billion in miraculously somehow we're going to get private investing uh, to come online. So I don't know if that means Amazon's going to own the roads or, or what, but we'll wait for more detail. The one big thing that wasn't in it, a balanced budget. Uh, nowhere to be found. So 10 years after this, uh, the budgets will not balance. Remember, that was one of the things. I, Mick Mulvaney, they used to came out on TV last year promising everybody that by 2027 the budget was going to be balanced. That's gone. Uh, so that was out today. Uh, I think the markets took that in stride. Uh, doesn't look like uh, we're going to get much of any of that, but we'll wait and see. Mortgage rates. Here's the problem. Now at the highest levels in four years and are poised to move even higher. As the timing couldn't be worse, as the usually busy spring housing market kicking into gear amongst higher home prices and now higher interest rates, Add it all up, and affordability is starting to get harder and harder to find. The average rate on a 30-year fix is now at 4.5%. And think about 4.5%. You know, you go back 10, 15, 20 years ago, that's unheard of. Now, 4.5% people are like, forget it. The problem is, they're anticipating mortgage rates to, to spike to over 5%, which would be the highest levels since 2011. And at 5%, more than a quarter of the people, they surveyed like 4,000 people. Hey, at 5% 30-year fix, would you be interested in buying a home? Uh, no thanks. At least not at those prices. And this is part of the problem, right? All this stuff's got to reset. I mean, could the home out in the middle of the front range, you know, the cookie cutters that they throw out there are way out on, on the west side or the east side or wherever they're building them on the periphery, are they really worth three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand? Well, maybe he had a 30-year fixed in the threes, maybe, right? Because everyone's, what, doing the payment shopping. Well, how much is the payment going to be? And as long as I can fit in the payment, I guess I can make it work. So we're going to have to wait and see. Right? Again, all of these things, uh, all created by the central bankers. And this is what they created, and they can't understand why it's such a big problem. None of these geniuses that thought bringing rates to zero for 10 years could have any bad effect. Right? I still have yet to have one of them come out and talk about, hey, you know what? This is really going to start hurting people. Credit card payments are going up. The student loan is going up. The monthly car payment's going up. The mortgage payment's going to go up. Hey, this is going to have a big problem. 
and you wonder what it is that they're looking at. And you wonder why when I come out here and I tell you, hey, this is where we're headed. And I, and I tell you with such, such certainty. And, and it's, all, it's just common sense. I mean, what do you really think is going to happen? Right? I mean, as this debt market reprices, and you start to look at what the real cost of all of these things are, and people start saying, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you talk about inflation, that's going to be some inflationary stuff, right? Everyone's monthly payments all of a sudden goes up. Car payments, 50 bucks more, right? The, the minimum balance on the credit card, 50 bucks more. The mortgage is $150 more, right? All of a sudden, people are like, wait a minute, I got no money. Major Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. Uh, today, I've got U.S. $20 liberties. They're thirteen seventy-five. I'm taking $25 off. Thirteen fifty got spot at thirteen and a quarter, uh, up a dozen right now on gold. U.S. twenty dollar gold pieces thirteen fifty at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. As all this debt reprices, think about what happened when they manipulated the price of the debt. Gold went from nineteen hundred to a thousand fifty. Now all of that debt is getting repriced, and gold's going to what? Going back to all-time highs. And now that they've added so much more of it, same thing's going to happen in the gold market. going to go right past 1900 and just keep on going. U.S. $20 gold pieces, 1350 at 800-951-0592. You buy 10 or more, I'm going to throw in the shipping. Uh, the new tax bill signed into law apparently didn't do much good for the restaurant industry. After three months of flat or positive sales growth, the restaurant saw, sector saw same-store sales falling in January. That's bad news for the sector as, con- as consumers confronted higher prices. For everything from rent to medical bills, although January sales are somewhat disappointed, I'll say, we are cautiously optimistic, said Victor Fernandez. Even if the month posted some small negative growth in sales, January's results were better than any other month in the February through September period of last year. Oh, there you go. There's a bright side. All the sales increases you saw at the end of last year have gone away. Uh, They blamed it on the weather because, you know, in January, there's no winter storm. So uh, apparently that was the problem. Uh, But that was something caught everybody off guard. That was the restaurant sales in the month of January were down three-tenths of a percent. But the bigger number was traffic. Yes, sales were down three-tenths, but restaurants have been raising prices. Actual foot traffic uh, fell by over 3%. Uh, so so one, once again, uh, the consumer, listen, it's just, it's a money thing. 
You don't have the money. You don't have the the ability to to go out and and buy you know that extra I don't know whatever it may be whatever restaurants you go out to uh, and make those purchases. And now you sit there. Now you're starting to see what I'm talking about, right? That that what what, what really happened? By the way, do you know what the high level for the ten year note is in the uh, all the way back to 2011? One time, from 2011 all the way to today, only one day did the 10-year note close above 3%. That day was, and I got it written on December 31st. So the last day of December of 2013. The 10-year note closed at 3.03 that day. It is the only day in the last seven years where the 10-year note actually was above 3%. And you think about where we're at now, what, somewhere between 285 and 29. Matter of fact, today it got up to 291 for a little bit this morning, the 10-year note. And you see the magnitude of what I'm talking about. It's been seven years since we've seen three. And it's not going to stop at three. Right? Three and a quarter, three and a half, three, seven, five, four, four and a half, four and a quarter, five, six, eight, ten. Eight hundred, nine, five, one. Zero five nine two. Uh, take the time, put it away. Uh, by the way, I still have a few rolls. I don't even know, maybe twenty twenty-five rolls of quarters. So I left the quarters at a hundred and twenty-five dollars a roll. Uh, U.S. Silver Eagles all the way up to three ninety-five now. So U.S. Silver Eagles at three ninety-five a roll. Silver quarters are still at the one twenty-five. Silver's up thirty-four cents, sixteen dollars and forty-eight cents. Uh, gold's up eleven dollars in change, thirteen twenty-four and a half right now on gold. And let me check in here on on Wall Street. Wall Street was up three hundred this morning. Uh, right now, yeah, about three hundred, two hundred and eighty-eight points. Uh, the dollar is down. Uh, and like I said, the ten-year note at two eight six. So it came up, got all the way to two nine one early this morning. Right now, sitting at 2.86, and just remember, we're looking at 3.03. When the 10-year note breaches 3.03, it will be the highest level going all the way back to 2011. That's a lot of debt to get repriced, isn't it? Think about 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, all of that getting repriced. Uh, and this is why you're seeing uh, everybody so worried about what is really happening out there and just keep putting gold away just keep putting it away 800-951-0592 US $20 liberties uh, $1350 at 800-951-0592 
Patriot Radio News Hour final segment coming up on an overcast Monday. Don't touch that dial. Final segment on a Monday. Mick Mulvaney, if you guys don't know that name, he is the White House budget director. He told Fox News that there certainly is a risk that interest rates will spike uh, due to the latest budget signing. Mulvaney was quick to add, though, we are looking now at a healthier economy. It was so healthy, then why are we adding hundreds of billions of dollars to the deficit, but yet here we are. Uh, the, the, The comment came as he was talking about if we can keep the economy humming and generating more money for you and me and everyone else, then the government takes in more money, and that's how we hope to be able to pay and keep the debt under control. Which, what he's trying to say, think about that logically for a minute. That's going to cause interest rates to rise even faster, which is going to cause the deficit to go up even faster, which is going to cause the deficits to spiral out of control, just how it is. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, acknowledging, I'll give him credit for at least acknowledging. Certainly, there's a risk that interest rates will spike. However, he didn't follow that up with, in way, as interest rates spike, the, the debt just goes every single point is $200 billion. Every single point. We were at zero. If it went from zero, Fed funds right now, okay, so the Fed funds rate goes from zero to five, the 10-year note goes from three to eight, that's a trillion dollars extra a year just in interest payments. And this is really when I think about where we're heading. The interest payments are maybe, not maybe, I think they may become the number one item on the debt. And over 10 years, 10 years from today, we may spend more on interest payments on the debt than we do any other program. And that's just incredible. It's, It's just it's hard to imagine. But that right now kind of looks like the trajectory. You know, the deficit is $21 trillion. Right? And we already know by the time we hit the debt ceiling, and tw- the new debt ceiling, which they didn't give a number, right? They just used the date. <laughs> That's going to be at least 24. It could be 25. And, and we won't even be – it's not even 2020 yet. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Final look here at the markets. Gold thirteen twenty four. Silver now just hit sixteen fifty, up thirty six. Uh, U.S. twenty dollar liberties thirteen hundred and fifty. So you're looking at about twenty five bucks over spot on U.S. twenty dollar liberties. Uh, you buy ten or more. I'm going to throw in the shipping. Uh, the silver rolls of silver quarters. Uh, still at 125 U.S. Silver Eagles at 395 Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. And uh, I promise we'll get the website back up and running. Hasn't quite happened yet, but I just got 
Uh, I just got a text that says it's going to be up here. Uh, just give it a little bit. So I apologize for that, but the podcast will be up as normal. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Most importantly, thank you for doing business with us. That's what keeps us here. Uh, hopefully the clouds will clear up and we'll talk again tomorrow. Everyone have a great rest of your Monday. Thank you.